Hello and welcome back to the Footy Mailbag. This is our draft recap episode where we will be discussing the draft and who should be on your radar when the team picker opens, who you should be tracking this preseason. But first, let me introduce myself. My name is Damo and with me as always is Clarky. We're back, baby, again, right before Christmas. Christmas is Supercoach Christmas has come early. We're shaking off the rust, letting you know who you should be selecting, trying to dive into the draft tracker and work out who's taken who, who's gone where, who's good to pick, who's going to be a good price. Um, and we're going to go through the players drafted team by team, and we will start with Adelaide. But first, Clarky. The players drafted, did the order surprise you? Did the order of the players that went surprise you? Look, I feel like the best thing to do with the national draft is to go in and accepting that you probably know who number one through like five the names are going to be. But, you know, I think, you know what, the the biggest surprise, Phoenix Gothard at pick 12. And but that was like in the best way possible, where it was just all good vibes. Like he was so pumped, and it made me feel super happy. But yeah, look, I don't think there were too many surprises. I think all the teams did a reasonable job in filling the roles or filling the game plans that we probably expect them to take into twenty twenty four. I don't think Phoenix Gothard going to the Giants was a surprise. I think it was them taking him with their first pick that yeah, was the surprise. Yeah, at 12, yeah. Um, and then they got James Leake later on anyway, who they were linked with with their first pick. So I feel like if you take the number of pick out of the equation, they pretty much got who they were going, who they were projected to get anyway. It's just the order that they took them was a little bit different to what um, the Phantom Drafts had predicted. Yeah. We'll start with the Adelaide Crows, like I said. Um, and the first player that they took was Daniel Curtin. Now, there was talk about him potentially going to North Melbourne, Alistair Clarkson being infatuated with him as a key defender, as a key position player, potentially someone who could eventually roam through the midfield. I doubt that would have ever happened, though. Um, and then there was a talk about West Coast potentially trading up to get him if he fell past a certain per, uh, period of picks. And then Adelaide ended up trading up to get him instead. And I think Daniel Curtin to Adelaide makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I look, I would agree with that. Daniel Curtin, really highly touted talent. And I think cause he, he's a tall defender, isn't he? So it makes sense for him to replace Tom Doty, who they're going to be missing for a good portion of the year, right? Yeah, well, Tom Tom Duday is now no longer there. He did his ACL, um, then... Um, oh, uh, that's he, right. He, he exercised his free agency rights and signed with Brisbane, Won't be, but won't be playing until the middle of the year. So even if he had stayed at Adelaide, he wouldn't have been available until mid, like, in, in, in the year. So they would feel like trade week was, like, a lifetime ago. Jesus. It, <laughs> it, it feels like it was last year. <laughs> But yeah, no, he, he, yeah, I think Curtin still ends up being a half-decent replacement and probably could play some football early. Um, I know Adelaide and, you know, he's probably also on your list, Damon, but they did also relist James Borlas, um, who I think is somebody that with the right stepping stones could also step into the side in a defender capacity. Yeah, for sure. And he will have an elevated price to start 
next season in Supercoach because he did play a couple of games and he had that massive game where he just intercepted everything. Didn't really have a have, have an opponent, but just intercepted everything. So he, he might be one of those players, a little bit like Alex Davies of previous years, where he comes in probably a little too expensive to start, but he is one who maybe we have to select anyway because he's going to be the one that scores all the points. And um, so we can't rule out any of these players, even if they have been relisted through the means of the rookie draft. Um, Adelaide also selected Charlie Edwards and Oscar Ryan. Neither of these players are probably going to feature early in the season, but they could come in late. Um, Charlie Edwards, he, we've got a, um, we've got a spreadsheet here to peel back the curtain, um, to, uh, give you all of the averages for Supercoach. Unfortunately for Charlie Edwards and Daniel Curtin, the Supercoach averages aren't available. Um, so for those listening who also play AFL fantasy, Charlie Edwards averaged 63.4. And Daniel, Are you legally allowed to mention AFL fantasy? I am today. And, We're doing it. And Daniel Curtin averaged 76. So I don't know what that translates into for Supercoach scores, but for anyone listening who plays both formats, those are the averages for those two players. Um, Oscar Ryan is a very raw sort of um, general defender who I think will bide his time in um, the sandful before he gets his chance. So... We probably don't need to talk about him. Uh, moving on to the Brisbane Lions, it felt like they just picked players to replenish the list to keep them going, to keep them in contention. How many of these players are going to actually get an opportunity? They picked up Logan Morris when they entered the draft at pick 31. He's a 191 centimetre, plays like a key forward, can play small, can can move into the midfield. He's got a big body. I just don't know if any of the players that Brisbane picked up will play. I think the tough thing is with Brisbane just as a whole is that their list is really solid, right? Like there's not, there's not a lot of wiggle room for who's sort of coming in, coming out. Um, We've seen it in the past where Brisbane spent a lot of time sort of moving pieces around, but I think, We've kind of now they found a formula that can potentially get them to a premiership, right? Which is going to be super important. So I feel like this is kind of it's a little bit of a mix of investment for now and investment for future, um, where they've got these guys that they can build in a strong program filled with really top class, like you know best twenty two. Yeah, that that's the number one thing that you want for talents. I'd probably say, as far as Brisbane picks go, um. My personal favorite was Zane Zakostelsky. Zakostelsky. Um, basketball background had the highest vertical, I believe, in the combine of 80 centimeters. And uh, just all around good vibes. Like, has been working on his skills. I did see a little bit of a, bra, uh, a draft profile for him where, as a tall defender, I think there could be some opportunity for him. Like, maybe in a, a sort of matchup by matchup basis if he shows enough class to make it into that 22. Yeah, athletic, athletic freak um, is yeah. what I would use to describe Zane Zakostelsky. He actually he's listed as a key defender, but played as a ruckman in the Waffle Colts finals. So that just that Big just boy. that just tells you how 
how athletic this guy is. And he's not tall. He's only 196 centimetres. I say only, but in terms of Ruckman, <laughs> that, that, that is quite small. Um, he averaged 99 um, super coach points in the under 18 championships across. So that was just in two games. So there's not a lot of data there for that. Um, but he's probably one that we might see at some point because we know that Brisbane aren't particularly blessed with their um, key defensive depth. I can't believe he's just a baby and he's 196 centimetres and 90 kilos. That's absolutely cooked, and I don't know what's happening out there, but children are getting larger, and we should be concerned. Yeah, they scare me. <laughs> um, Logan Morris averaged 95 in the VFL as well, um, and he's probably the other one that they picked who could potentially see some playing time. Luke Lloyd is a developing key forward. Reese Torrent is a tackling machine from the Waffle. I, their team's pretty much set. So these four players, I don't think are going to see a lot of playing time, but I think Logan Morris and Zane Zakostelsky are probably the best chances. And we should mention, so usually players taken outside the first round start at 117K. Because the first round went for 30 picks, I think that, I think that round pick one, so Harley Reid will start at a hundred at 211 or 207 K and then the, and then the increment will go down from there. So it means by about pick 20, the players should be about 117 K not, not too much more expensive than that. So we'll let you know what pick they're taking at. And then you guys can do the maths. Cause you know, guys know that we're not good at maths. No math, just vibes. Moving on to Carlton, just quickly before we talk about the players that Carlton took, um, there is a great Carlton man. His name is Pommy and Oz on YouTube. I participated in a phantom draft where I absolutely bungled everything because I was picking for about six other teams. But the way he organizes it, the every, he gives us everything we need, the data, the sheet, the picks, the how many picks we need to take, all that sort of thing. And it was a really great fun exercise and nothing to be taken too seriously because we made some really interesting selections, I should say. And, uh, but it was really, it was really good, good night. And, um, Leck dog and, um, Ian from, uh, from the Navy blue corner also participated in that. So I was among some Carlton fans and I must say you Carlton fans have changed my mind. You guys are all right. It wasn't years and years of working with Lackdog. <laughs> no, I mean... Got I mean, him. He's not our boss anymore. He can't <laughs> tell us what to do. Got him. You heard us, Lack. <laughs> anyway, with pick 29, Carlton picked up Ashton Moyer. Um, he's a mercurial general forward. Uh, I Carlton like playing their forwards that they draft. Yeah, look, I don't want to speak with any confidence on anything Carlton, um, but I think he, he definitely does have a bit of speed and agility that they could really use. So whether or not he actually slides into that forward somehow, but I suppose there's a lot of pieces that can move around because it's really about supporting Harry and Charlie, isn't it? So 
whatever pieces are going to do that job the best, I think is what they're looking for. And he fits the mold quite well. He averaged 88 across five games for the Sandful Reserves. So for a, for someone who plays a little bit like a small forward, 88's not too bad. I think it would have to make sense to pick him, though, just because of the kind of player that he is. But definitely don't cross him off your list. Um, and, the, and the other player that they picked was Billy Wilson. This guy came from the, from the clouds to be picked. Um, I think he's one that they will just sit in the background and develop over time. And I don't think we will see him in 2024. Yeah, I think that's fair enough to say. Collingwood, believe it or not, had a first round pick at, and it was pick 25. But with all the bidding and academy and father-sons, it was pick 25, which is usually what people target when they're talking about an early second round pick. But their first selection was Harry Demetia, who this guy looks exciting. They all do, Damo, when they've got that young vigor, that fresh 18-year-old blood running through them. Do you remember we did an episode where we talked about players with really good hair? Yes. Harry Demetia has really good hair. He also has really good facial hair. Yeah, I'm digging the curls, like the wavy surfer bro kind of vibe. Yeah, and I think, and uh, Derek Hine said that they picked up Harry Demetia to allow Nick Dacos to spend more time in the midfield. So does that make Harry Demetia someone that we should be looking at? He averaged 102 Supercoach in the under-18 champs. He was part of the leadership at his... I don't know if it was at the under-18 champs or his in his Coates Talent League team, but he was part of the leadership in his under-18s year. So he's got the tools to manage himself. And I think... Out of the two players that Collingwood picked, so they picked up Harry Demetia and also Chu Jath. I think Harry Demetia is the best chance to play for Collingwood early in the season. Damo, I think a lot of people can agree with me when I say this. Rest in peace, John Noble. And there is someone out there who is clapping their hands and cheering because <laughs> no, because no one really likes John Noble. Weird thing. Weird hill for us to die on, but I'll stand by it. But yeah, I look, I really look forward to... It looks like they have a role in mind for him, right? Which is the biggest thing when we know nothing. In November 2023, we know nothing about what's going to be happening five months from now. So to hear them pick up Harry and go, we know exactly what we want him to do. We want him to play in half back. We want him to be someone who can loosen up Nick Dacos to go and do Nick Dacos things, right? There's a clear role for him in that 22. All he's got to do is earn it between now and the start of the season. Yeah, it really says something when a club comes out after drafting players and already has a role for them. Yeah, and I think as far as to Jeff goes, I think there's been a lot of talk of um, he's, you know, he's very similar to his brother in terms of role and ability. 
um, but obviously much younger. So I'd probably wouldn't expect to see him next year, but I think he's someone who will be developing for Collingwood and that we should just have on, just like, just on the cusp, right? Like all it takes is just for someone to hit their stride and they can make it in, right? And just to be clear, we're not ruling players in or out. We're in November. We're just talking about the players that have the best chance at this stage to possibly be someone you need to look at over the preseason. Yeah, I mean, I'm, who am I? I'm just a dude. I'm just a dude. I don't know. I'm guessing. Next team is Essendon. They picked up Nate Caddy with pick 10, Luamon Luau with pick 39, and Archie Roberts at pick 54. They traded up for Nate Caddy, which kind of gives you an indication that they really want him. And Brad Scott has been huge about them needing some forward talent. Imagine being Sam Wiedemann and watching your team trade up to get a young, tall forward. He would have experienced it before at another club. (laughs) Hey, hey, we gave him a perfectly good role at Casey. Um, yeah, I, they wanted him and they got him. And I saw a lot of Essendon fans very happy with the selection, which is good for them. Nate Caddy averaged 107 in three VFL games. Uh, so can find the footy, can use the footy. He's good in front of the goals. It's, he's listed as a forward, but he can play as a midfielder. He's sort of, he's, he's kind of a more... He's kind of the a, an upgrade on Jake Stringer. He, he's an upgrade on Jake on Jake Stringer. That's that's a very long list of things that are an upgrade to Jake Stringer. Yeah, that's why I just stopped listing them and just yeah. mentioned an upgrade on Jake. She's on, Supreme on, Dorito, so an Jake upgrade Stringer. on Jake Stringer. <laughs> Bigger string cheese upgrade on Jake Stringer, except for that one game where Jake Stringer is god of football. He always does really well against Fremantle, and that's annoying. <laughs> yeah, you're right. We are a, a an anti-Jake Stringer podcast. You heard it here first. And Talk anti- to me about... And anti-John Noble, apparently. <laughs> Allegedly. Uh, Luamon Lual. Let's talk about him. Strong in one-on-one contests. Really good 2023 season in his, <clears throat> in his year. I think... Just another one of Essendon have really seemed to be in this phase of right. They're, they're trying to pick up talent where they can. I can see, I can see a world where he can come in for for Essendon. As I'm stalling for time, I bring up his Super Coach average, um, 91 across 12 games. Like that's that could be good for us, but it's all about we need to figure out what Essendon are doing. Essendon need to figure out what they're doing as well. Um, Tatted as an outside mid halfback role, so could be really friendly if he gets if he gets into the side. Yeah, so in twelve games he averaged eighteen point two disposals, two point one marks, four tackles, um, and Essendon kind of do this thing where they draft running halfbacks, give them twelve months, and then delist them. They've done it with Alistair Lord. They did it, and then the, and then they did it with uh, Rhett Montgomery, and then the few, and then there was someone a couple of years ago that 
they picked up and then everyone was so excited that they picked him up and then they got delisted. So they seem to just be going through running backs, trying to look for the perfect player. And I don't know what they're looking for, but Luamon Luau is probably a pretty good chance to be that guy. So Damo, you know how you were just talking about how Aston like to recruit uh, running halfbacks? Archie Roberts, another halfback, really good premiership player with the Sandy Dragons last year, 608 minute 2K time trial. Looks like there's looks like there's a couple guys on the chopping block for next year. Watch this space. We'll come back what, next year. Watch this space. Archie Roberts though was taken super late, and he was in a lot of top thirties. Um, lot, lots of phantom draft top thirties. What was he pick fifty something? He was pick fifty four. He averaged ninety three super coach in five games. That's not bad. Someone to watch. Next team is Fremantle. They picked up Cooper Simpson, who was touted to go in the top 20, just a, a little bit like Archie Roberts. They picked up Ollie Murphy, who was tipped to go in the top 20. And they picked up Jack Deline, who at one stage was in one, one of Cal Toomey's top 30s. So they got some sliders. And I know that the under-18s competition is a massive can be a massive, massive impact on where teams draft players. So I wonder if I wonder if top age years play too much into what teams think of certain players. Okay. Look, it's Fremantle. So I'm just going to give you the four for this one, Damo. Ollie Murphy, built like a twig, won't play this season unless, you know, everyone is dead. Jack Deline, I I give Jack Deline a chance. I think he's a chance to come in, especially if he's if he starts to dominate in the um in the in the waffle. I don't think he starts in the team though. Um, in ten games, he did average ninety nine super coach though. And uh, Cooper Simpson, I think he's the best chance to play around one. And I know people at the club are super excited about him. In seven games, he averaged 105. These all sound like good things, Damo. I would like to point out that David Walls, uh, the Frio head of player personnel, did say that Ollie Murphy reminds him a lot of Alex Pierce as an 18-year-old. And I'll, t- and I'll tell you a story here. When Alex Pierce was drafted... I pretty much had the same reaction when for, for, when we drafted for when we drafted Ollie Murphy, and to peel back the curtain again, we've still got a Jock Reynolds group chat, and when Ollie Murphy was taken, my immediate reaction was, "Why? What are we going to do with him?" And now Alex Pierce is our captain and probably one of our most reliable defenders. So I should just let the people in the in the know do what they're employed yeah. to do and let sit, it play out a and, little and, bit and, and, and sit down and shut up. But so my immediate reaction was why, but after looking at some highlights and understanding that he was tipped to go in the top 20, I'm kind of like, okay, probably got to the point where the Dockers were like, if we don't take him, who else are we going to take? He's sliding. Yeah. 
You also managed to pick up Odin Jones in the rookie draft. Another Ruckman. Listed as a Ruckman in his draft profile, but primarily played as a key forward for West Perth. 197 centimetres, 95 kilos, solidly built. He kind of reminds me of Josh Tracy. And I know the club loves Josh Tracy. So they kind of went, let's get another one. But you're not even playing the Josh playing with the Josh Tracy that you already have. He played almost every game last season. No. I didn't notice. Clarky. Get a better get a better Josh Tracy. <laughs> you're right, Damo. Um, next team is the Giants. We spoke about them at the top. They selected Phoenix Gothard, James Leake, and then later in the draft, they selected Joseph Fonte and Harvey Thomas from their academy. This is a club who's 22 that played in their final series. Probably won't change a lot. Um, they are, they obviously lost um, Daniel Lloyd through retirement. So there is the vacancy in that forward line. But Adrian Caruso said not too long ago that Darcy Jones um, that they took in last year's draft was already earmarked for that role. So I don't think any of these players see a debut unless they completely tear up the preseason. But let's talk about James Leake. And he was one of my favorites in this draft class, Clarkie. In nine games, he averaged 108 super coach. And he looks like he's going to be a very, very good player. So, look, I've not looked into James Leake all that much, but I'll take you on a word. Like, he, he was someone who I think they were almost surprised to get at 17. Because <clears throat> of, as we said, the shenanigans with uh, picking up Phoenix Gothard at 12, 12, 13. So, look. I think the Giants have a really good ability to be versatile and to be adaptable. So I it, it's one of those things where when a club says, oh, well, everyone has a chance to play if they play their best footy, right? But that's probably true for maybe 5% of clubs, 10% at a stretch. And I think the Giants are probably one of them, right? Like they have these guys who are just their core guys who are, well and beyond the best that they can be. But then you got to look at guys like Kieran Briggs and Matt Flynn, right? And they got their opportunities and they absolutely killed their opportunities and then ended up competing for the same opportunities. And that's what you kind of want. And these guys, like James Leake, will be one that can come in and do that. Phoenix Gothard can come and do that in the forward line. So I'm looking forward to seeing what he does. Yeah, for sure. And I think... And I think you pretty much summed it up there. It'll be about one of these guys that they have selected pushing out someone that isn't part of their core group in that 22. But Adam Kingsley has his favorites. Don't we all, Damo? Let's go to Geelong. I mean, let's talk about the club. Let's not actually go to Geelong. I'd rather not. So there's a guy that they picked up that I'm really, really excited about for Supercoach. Lawson Humphreys. <laughs> Not Lawson Humphreys. Ah, okay. Sorry, I should have known you were talking about Emerson Jacker. Not Emerson Jacker. Ah, <sighs> damn it. You're killing me. 
So they picked up Con- Connor O'Sullivan. Don't really care about him. Picked up Mitch Edwards. I think that was to piss off Fremantle, but Fremantle shouldn't have wanted him. Um, they picked up Sean Manor, and I and he's going to be a good selection if he plays. But the player I really like is George Stevens, and they managed to get this guy at pick fifty eight. That's deep. Pick fifty eight. Why do you love him, Dano? In eleven games <clears throat> in the Coach League, he averaged a hundred and sixty Super Coach. And averaged twenty nine point nine disposals. This guy has been compared to Tom Green. Okay. Okay. He's solidly built. He's he's one hundred and eighty nine centimeters. He's over his ninety plus kilos. He is a bull. All right. Do we think he plays? I will never say anything about Geelong's depth or the way that their team is made up because someone always comes out of nowhere to play the majority of the games. Yeah, okay. I didn't I I didn't think Sam DeConning would play many games the year that he was essentially their best key defender. I didn't see Mitch Nebbett playing as many goals, goals, playing as many games as he played last season. I didn't, and Grian Myers came out of nowhere to, to to play a whole bunch of games in his first year as well. All they they don't really care about your draft position when you walk into the Geelong Football Club. It's whether or not you show up in the preseason, whether they select you or not. Okay. Very good. I think that covers off Geelong. <laughs> I think that covers off Geelong. Let's move on. Gold Coast, pretty much just Drafted dipped into their, their academy. academy. <laughs> yeah. Now, Jed Walter, Ethan Reed, Jake Rogers, Will Graham. All these players are going to be great. Jed Walter, Jake Rogers, and Will Graham, though, are the ones that you should be focusing on for your super coach team. That's it. And you just got to we just got to see how it shakes out. Um Will Graham could possibly be good because we know Dimmer loves half backs. And Jake Rogers because he loves tackling small forwards. So there you, there, 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 there you go. And that, then Je- and then and then Jed 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 Walter, Damien Hardwick almost almost just went into a deep sleep just wanting to re just wanting to think about his highlights again during a press conference. So <laughs> he's, pr- he's probably going to play as well. It's just Ethan Reed that'll be stuck behind the likes of Jared Witts and Ned Moyle. And well, that's and, the thing, uh, right? So th- that's probably the most interesting aspect. Ethan Reed, the highest drafted rock talent we could probably say. Yep. For this year. Do we think maybe this is where, Gold Coast are saying a sort of contingency plan about life after Wits, right? Because Wits isn't a spring chicken anymore. In fact, he's um, spent quite a lot of time injured in the last couple of years. Do we think that this is this is the time where they start going like, hmm, maybe we get you to uh, just mentor someone a little bit? 
considering Wits is their captain, I don't think they're just gonna. Well, they was their captain. I don't know if Damien Hardwick's going to retain him as the as as the captain yet. Um, I don't think they're just going to remove him. I no, don't, no, no, I'm sorry. I I, 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 th- I think he's been. I th- I think he's been good enough that he's someone they can still rely on. But to your point, when Damien Hardwick was at Richmond, he loved Toby Nankervis, but wanted someone alongside him. Whether that was Ivan Soldo. Um, I've forgotten the young lad's name that also played, but there is every chance that Ethan Reed does sort of double up as a ruck forward, and it means that Jared Witts has to kind is is not on the ground quite as much. Yeah, sorry. I mean, when I when I say that, uh, I don't in, imply that they get rid of Witts. <laughs> I mean, in the sense of um, that they they use Witz's talent that he's got now to really take in under a wing, an Ethan Reed or a Ned Moyle, that kind of thing. There's, there's a chance, but I think it depends on how close Damien Hardwick thinks the team is to finals. Samson Ryan. That's the Richmond guy we were thinking. <laughs> Samson Ryan. I knew, I knew it was, I knew for some reason I really wanted to say Josh Gibkiss, but I knew that that wasn't the player. <laughs> um, Ethan Reed averaged 118 super coach um, in the coach talent league as well. That's good. So it's not like he's 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 a baby giraffe. Yeah, yeah. There's some there's some meat meat on those bones. Should we move on to Hawthorne? We will move on to Hawthorne with their first pick. They picked up Nick Watson, a small forward. The Wizard Watson, as people are calling him. They also picked up Will McCabe, a key defender. Bodie Ryan, a raw halfback. And Cal Shadia, who is a key forward. So they're pretty much just just created a spine for their team. That's it. Hawthorne did what they needed to do. Are any of these guys super coach relevant? We'll find out. Nick Watson, small forward. Listen... Great player, love love his highlights. I just don't know if he's going to be super coach relevant to start off with. I think he will be super coach relevant eventually, though. Will McKay, Bodie Ryan, and Cal Shadia, unlikely. Yeah. That's it. Melbourne. Moving on. Um, Melbourne. Clarky, I'll give you on. the floor like you gave me. Look, this is gonna be a short this is gonna be a short soapbox speech. I think Melbourne did fine. It seems like the approach has been to focus more on delivery than it has been to focus on finishing, which I maybe think is a mistake. But at the same time, what 18-year-old are you going to draft that's going to be ready to be an AFL forward? Very few and far between. So in in saying that, we picked up Caleb Windsor who I think could be akin to like a James Jordan, maybe like an outside runner, um, winger. They want to get that speed in moving the ball right through. And he could probably even play a little bit off like halfback, um, maybe in like a similar Ed Landon role. I'd almost kind of be happy to see the back of Lockie Hunter, though, who kind of just does the same things over and over again, which is get the ball and kick it anywhere. Um, and we also picked up Colton Tholstrup, who, oh, look, I'm happy with it. He's a forward, bit of X factor. Like, 
we'll see, we'll see how that how that all shakes out, right? Because we've got Shane McAdam coming in. I can't confidently say any of these guys are going to be 100% in for Supercoach 2024. What year is it? Nope, 2024 is correct. The interesting thing about Colton Tholstrup is he played waffle against men. And in seven games, he only averaged 64 Supercoach points. But if he can translate into an AFL player from playing the waffle then I think he's probably the best placed out of the players that Melbourne picked up to play from the get-go. And I know that 64 is not a big average, and which means he might only average like 45, 50, and you might be, pay, might be paying 140K for him as a rookie and super coach. But I don't think that that's such a disaster as a, as a pick. Not for a rookie selection, right? Like... It's not screaming end of the world. Slow slow burn, but he makes the most of his disposals. He marks the ball. He tackles. I think I think Colton Tholstrup is probably closer to the Melbourne side than um, Caleb Windsor. Yeah, <clears throat> that, that makes the most sense to me. And he wears fucking cool shades. Just the coolest sunglasses. He looks like a speed dealer. Did I say that out loud? Uh, next team is North <laughs> not, Melbourne. Not good considering the Melbourne issues that are going on right now, Timo. Swift, swiftly moving on. <laughs> North Melbourne selected Colby McKercher, <clears throat> who should be in your Supercoach team. I don't care what price he is. Done. Zane Dersma, who will be an interesting selection, probably not someone who will impact your Supercoach team. Straight away, and then they picked up Taylor Goad, backup Ruckman, Will Dawson, who is a key, nope, is also a Ruckman, and <laughs> Riley Hardiman is a running half back in the mold of your Luke McDonald's. Yeah, I think Colby McCurcho is hard hard to go past. I appreciate that they took the Dersma so that Port Adelaide did not get him. As we all know, football will finish forever if. Port Adelaide assemble all the Dersmers. You're on fire today, Clarkies. Because Xavier Dersmer was traded to Essendon. Yeah, this is good. See? Everybody's doing their work. Like like, like you said, though, it feels like trade period free agency was like years ago. Damn, I'm in holiday mode. I'm, I'm wearing Christmas shirt on the inside as we speak. Colby McKercher drafted from Tasmania in the Coates Talent League. He averaged 30 disposals. He's he's a a goal-kicking midfielder because he kicked 11 goals. He averages five marks a game, averages 3.6 tackles. Unfortunately, though, I don't have his Supercoach average sitting here. But (laughs) he did average 115 AFL Fantasy. That's good. That's probably like a, what, 90 in Supercoach? Maybe 80s? No idea. I don't know how to do the maths. Let's say 80. I think he's going to be a good selection regardless. I think he's going to get every opportunity that he needs at North Melbourne and I'd be selecting him no matter what price he is. Sorry, the math that I have here is suggesting that his Supercoach average was 129. 
29 goals, 19 disposals on average. You are looking at Zane Dersma. Is that not who we're talking about? Colby McKercher. Oh, yeah. There you go. That, that K- explains it. Kircher, Dersma, sounds the same. They're right next to each other on the sheet, Damo. <laughs> I wasn't yelling at you. <laughs> I'm having I'm having a time. Cut that out. That's fine. Um, Port Adelaide drafted a player that I can't pronounce the name of. Um, Thomas Anastastopoulos. Yep, that's that's the best Anast- you're going to get. And Lachlan Anast- Charlson and Anast- Will Lorenz. Anastopoulos? Tessopoulos? Polos. He's a small forward. Thomas is a small forward. Lachlan Charlson is also a small forward. And Will Lorenz is a lightly framed midfielder. So I don't think we're seeing any of these players this year. Port Adelaide think they're in the window. So they will be going hard with the team they have. And remember, they traded in about 600 players during the trade period. Got it. Tell me about Richmond. Richmond only took two selections in the national draft. They picked up Kane McAuliffe from South from South Australia. Almost said South Adelaide, but it's that's not the same thing. Still in the same state. True, but I don't think he's from South Adelaide. He might be. He is now. Anyway... And they also picked up Liam Fawcett, who is a key forward. Um, so Liam Fawcett probably won't play um, this year. It probably isn't a rookie pick, but Cade McAuliffe might be. I love that the second thing that I can see on this little write-up about him is that they point out that he's good at cricket, which isn't really filling me with confidence when... The second thing that you can say is he's a big body midfielder and he's a good cricketer. Yeah, I don't. Why is? Hmm. There's probably more context, but that being said, look, what are Richmond doing? I don't know. So Kane McAuliffe was recruited out of North Adelaide in the Sandful. Oh, so you've just insulted him then? Potentially. Um, and he averaged 143 in the Sandful Under-18s competition. That's that's juicy. That piques my interest. We'll see. We'll see what Richmond do. Uh, yeah, I'd, I don't know what Richmond are doing. I, I'm surprised that they only had two picks in this whole draft. Yeah. I thought they needed more players than that. Thought they definitely need more players than that. St. Kilda. We're, we're, we're moving quickly now because we've been talking too much about nothing. St. <laughs> Kilda picked up Darcy Wilson, Lance Collard, Angus Hasty, Hugo Garcia, and Ari Schoenmaker. Now, in my experience, um, supporting a Ross Lyon coached team, the draftees don't get chances. But last year, a lot of them did. So I don't know where their holes are, but they didn't win their elimination final. They wanted to add pace around the ball and they wanted to improve what they had up forward and pretty much around the ground that wasn't um, at the set of bounce. So 
all these players could get a chance. None of these players could get a chance. It's really hard to tell with Ross Lyon teams. Darcy Wilson averaged 125 across 10 games. So that that piques my interest of what he's capable of. But as you said, it's the Ross Lyon system that we don't have trust in, isn't it? Not so much the the ability. So we'd like to see where these guys sort of slot in. Like Darcy Wilson being a mid-forward means that he could kind of go either way, depending on how they choose to deliver him the ball. Lance Collard, he averaged 100 super coach points across his games. Um, but being a small forward, someone who doesn't need a lot of disposals to get things moving, he's probably not someone that you want to select or rely upon in your super coach team as a rookie. Um, but as a rookie, you never rule him out. Angus Hasty, yeah, running half back, um, average 109, as you said. Potentially, who knows? Um, then could, could a running halfback maybe free up Jack Sinclair? Maybe that's they're doing a little bit of that Nick Dacos freeing up magic. With Stephen Silvani as a list manager and Ross Lyon as the coach, you just have no idea what they see for these players. <laughs> Fair enough. Sydney Swans selected Will Green, a ruckman. Um, so don't pick him. They picked up Patrick Snell, a key forward. Don't pick him either. But then they picked up Caden Cleary from their academy, who's a big-bodied midfielder, 182 centimetres, in and under, extracts the ball from the stoppages. 126 supercoach average from four games. So, I don't know. He's from the Swans Academy, so I think he probably has as much opportunity as everyone else with the... There's, there's that big gap to fill, like that big... Callum Mills shaped hole in the Sydney midfield that they need to sort of figure out. So I don't know whether he gets a shot early, maybe. Um, the we'll Swans, see how that takes out. The Swans love giving their academy players a run in the, in the senior team. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It really wouldn't surprise me if this guy is either an emergency or a sub or someone early in the season who eventually gets gets a full game and eventually is just in the 22. Yeah. So we'll see what shakes out for that one, but he's probably the one that I've got my eye on the most. West Coast selected Harley Reid. Who? Yeah, I don't know who this guy is. Um, I haven't heard a thing about him. Um, I think he's good at football, though, because he was taken with pick one, but I need to confirm. That could that could mean nothing. Or maybe they meant Archer Reed, who they took at pick 30. That, that, was, that was the really good one. I'm not, I'm, I'm not too sure. Yeah. Harley Reed, what more can we say? I think there's a really good chance that you're going to end up picking him. I'm... I- I'm 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 picking him. Before people tell me I'm dumb for not picking him, I'm going to pick him. I'm just going to say this though. If Eagles had traded pick 1 to any of the other teams that wanted him, I think he would have had a better supercoach output in another team. Yeah, well it's all about the building blocks, isn't it? And West Coast are a team that you know who who's their best midfielder? Is it Tim Kelly? 
Tim Kelly probably. Is that is that great for Harley? Probably, I... probably not. Who knows? It could be great for Tim Kelly, for all we know from a super coach perspective, right? Like, well, I don't know, man. I think you still need to pick him because he will play. West Coast basically don't have a choice unless they injure him in the preseason like they do with all of their players. Well, he's the one that's going to get all the fanfare. He's the one that's going to get West Coast Eagles fans back into the stadium to watch them play. So he will get games, and he averaged 135 in the Coach Talent League. Oh. So he's he knows what he's doing. Yeah. What more can we say about Harley Reid? Go well, son. Archer Reid is a key forward, probably stuck behind a few, so I don't think we see him. Clay Hall is a big-bodied midfielder again, someone who could see some early playing time. Yeah, it seems like they're trying to build a really good core mid-group, which is nice because you throw in like Ruben, Ruben Jimby as well in there. Like, There's opportunities for all these young kids. Absolutely, and Clay Hall averaged 111, um, was only featured in two games, but 111 um, in the Waffle under-18s and average 72 in the waffle playing against men. Okay. So like Colton Tholstrup that we spoke about before, 72 is pretty good for a rookie if he can replicate that. Yeah. And Harvey Johnson, mid-forward, probably a bit young, maybe has some opportunities, but he'd have to play his way into the side. Um, I think is something that Damo and I were talking about when his name came up. So he's, de- he's not someone who's going to be there round one, but if he's knocking down the door on the waffle, the Eagles have got to open it for him. I don't think the Eagles will stand in the way of too many players that are knocking on the door in the waffle, especially if they're under 23, 24, because the Eagles don't have a lot of depth on the younger side of their list. And I think they need to build it if they want to contend again. And, that's something that every team that is rebuilding has to do. So it's not, you know, it's it's, no, it's nothing out of the ordinary. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Did we finally, do it finally, the Western Bulldogs. Uh, um, <laughs> who knows? It's just more ingredients for the salad, Damo. Even, even Riley Sanders, I'm not sure about. I love Riley Sanders. Though. He was probably one of my favorites in this draft class. And he averaged... Wait, what did he? What did 143 he across five games. 143 across five games in the Coach Talent League and 170 in four games in the under 18s. If he plays, you need to pick him. Yeah. He's probably the one that I have the most interest in. Yeah. And they picked up Jordan Croft, tall forward. Where does he fit? They've got about. Seven million tall forwards over there. Father Joel, son, Joel Frazier is a winger, tall winger. I don't think he plays, especially considering they picked up um, old mate from who used to be at Collingwood in the mid-season draft. Taylor Dre. Nope. Caleb. Caleb. The guy with the mullet. 
you know who I'm talking about. Um, uh, and, and, yeah, and, yeah. and Lachlan Smith, who's another Ruckman, um, to sit behind Tim English. And then they picked up Aiden O'Driscoll. So the siblings do not reunite. Well, I don't know. I don't trust Bevo, do you? I don't think Aiden O'Driscoll plays. I think they picked him up just because Dockers had the next pick. Yeah, okay. Fair enough. And it sounds and it's and and it and it sounds like it's it sounds silly to think that that's the reason, but you'd be surprised how many times teams will pick up a player just because another team has the next pick. Okay. So this is all a conspiracy is what I'm hearing. Oh yeah, yeah. A conspiracy An- of spite. Another conspiracy theory. Speaking of conspiracy theories, that's just a theory. What is the AFL doing with the fixture? Well, Damo, much like me, sometimes you just do things and you say things and you don't think them through and you sound like a massive fuckwit. But the AFL do that for a job. I'm not even paid to do this. Is that more or less shameful? I think it's less shameful to do it for free. We can't end the podcast without talking about opening round or round zero or whatever it is that just confirms that the AFL can't count. Damo, as you and I have both said in separate group chats at the same time, this is round, the NRL is out of town, let's throw a party. Yeah, and we don't have a solution yet for Supercoach and everything that gets thrown up from other communities, no, no one can agree on. And the closest I have seen to full agreement is actually from the other platforms, so AFL Fantasy, saying just open from round one, so completely remove round zero, so that people, so that teams, so that the competition starts with a full complement of games. But people think that that's going to make it way too easy. I just don't know how else to. F- I just don't, don't know how else to fix it. The, the simplest solution is instead of coming up with something that's going to make it worse, just do the easy thing, which is to not include it. That's where I've landed on it. That's as proud as much thought as I'm willing to give it, to be quite honest. I'm not even sure I'm going to watch it because I just can't, like, I can't be bothered with the bullshit. And then you've got all the buyers leading up to round 14. So, you, like, almost every team, almost... Almost every round up to round fourteen, at least one team or two teams is is on a buy. So does that Which mean doesn't that, make any sense? So does that mean that Supercoach is best eighteen for pretty much the entire season? The mo- the the mo- like throughout the most meaningful part of the Supercoach season. It's it's made the limited trade format almost laughable, right? Because it's just literally, well, this year, who's who's got the buy in round one demo? I haven't even looked at it. That's how fucking angry it made me. I'm swearing. We're a swearing podcast now. I think you only started swearing when I mentioned round zero. So yeah, I got angry. Yeah, and angry up the blood. I've seen some really, really, really good solutions to try and include opening round, but I've also seen some really, really outrageous ones that just kind of make me go, 
I get it. You want to make it as simple. Uh, uh, you want to make it kind of harder so that you can come out on top because it's a system that you designed. But the fact is, Supercoach, Herald Sun, whoever it is that manages that platform, wants to increase signups, not reduce the signups. So they will make it as accessible and easy for those who want to play as possible. And I think that will mean opening round is either a competition in itself and then the Supercoach season begins or just completely ignored. Do Perfect Nines again. Perfect Nines, is that what it was called? Yeah, I loved that. I loved that. I would so always good. I would always bomb out about round five, but I would love it. All right. Brisbane and Carlton have a buy in round two. How fucking stupid that is! Like, what's the point of it? What does it like? What does it achieve? You know what? Like, even though they don't play a game and they still go by and everyone gets a buy or whatever, the actual thought of a team being like, "Yeah, now nah, I am tired by the time finals come around, but I have my buy in round two, so I should be more well rested." Fucking stupid. What's interesting is Brisbane get a buy after having to travel to Perth. But Fremantle and West Coast don't get buys after having to travel to Brisbane or Queensland, so it's like I get like I get I I get it. You have to sort of make it up so that these teams get buys, but I don't like these teams are are getting favoured treatments by having the buys after a Perth trip. Round three, Gold Coast Suns Giants. Round four, no buys. Round five. That's because round four is gather round. Oh, God, that makes me sick. Collingwood, Sydney, round five, bye. Round six, Richmond, Melbourne. Like, it's just, it makes no sense. It doesn't achieve anything. Round, okay, sorry, what's round seven? Is round round seven special? That's in April. Is that the Easter round? Round seven might be Anzac Day. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, Melbourne, Richmond. Okay, on Wednesday the twenty fourth. So there's no buys there. I think. I think if we're talking about in terms of the easiest solutions to attract the casual player, it'll be ignore opening round best eighteen for any round where there are buys. I don't but, understand. It's not even every team demo. <laughs> no, it's they've they've. I don't think they've thought about the products that go along with the fixture. They've just thought about the games themselves and the AFL has kind of gone backwards in that respect where previously they would think about everything that goes along with it, but now they've kind of pulled everything back in and is starting again. And it's, and it's not, it's not really helping anyone. You know what I'm realizing Melbourne Richmond have a buy in round six because Anzac day is on Wednesday in round seven. Right. So, okay. Yep. Fair enough. But the previous round, Sydney and Collingwood have a bye, but they but they play in gather round, like everyone else. Like, there's no reason for that. Like, um, anyway, yes, you're correct. The platforms will do the easiest thing they can possible. Like we've said, it makes the most sense. They're they're not idiots. Like whether you you know whether you're happy with what they do or not is completely up to you but they will always choose the path of least resistance, right? Get something that works, get something that everyone can be involved in and get something that keeps people playing because that's what we want to do. We want to play. 
whether that means I I vote for excluding opening round and just starting from round one. And I would say there possibly needs to be an increase in trades, right? Because it's you can't build a team that forward thinking because you still need to plan for the regular buys. Like there's still regular ass buys with like six teams, eight teams on not playing. There's... But at the same time, mm-hmm. you know, you've got to cover Collingwood for round, what did I say? Round five. There's far too much planning required to set your team up to be ready for round one and then also round eight and nine based on the buys. Because you, because yes, you'll probably have started your trades by then, but what like what machinations, but then you've got to think about the the other buys in the middle of the season where these teams have a, have a buy again. So who are you trading in and out of your team? Are you trading in teams that have already had their buy, but then they've got a buy in the middle of the season? So what's happening for that buy? Like, it's it's there's just not enough planning that can go into it that may, that makes it a simple task this season. And we will come up with ideas to help you uh, as best we can. And we, we will, more. and we will be asking people like we usually do to come on and share their thoughts. So you'll hear from our guests uh, as usual again. But it's going to be an interesting season. It's going to be a very interesting season, and it's going to be one like we've never seen before in Supercoach. Yay, <laughs> Clarky! You sound so so excited. I'm stressed already. <laughs> <laughs> I don't plan. Anyway, Clarky, we've been talking for far too long about nothing much. So That's fine. We're all guessing. We're back. We just want you to know that we're not dead. We're on holiday. We're having a good time. Damo's on a beach right now. I wish I was on a beach. Actually, yeah. no, I don't. It's like 40 degrees outside. Ew. <laughs> You're in the water. And getting electrocuted because I'm recording a podcast. That's fine, Damo. It works. <laughs> Anyway, we're back, baby. We're back. Um, our next our next podcast will probably come out when the team picker is released, which shouldn't be too far away. They've already started releasing positions. 22 of the 64 players taken in the national draft will have dual position, as tweeted out by Fantasy Freako. So there will be lots, lots, and lots of flexibility in the draft class, which is fantastic. That'll help us build our teams. I can't wait to make my first draft. I can't wait to build my first draft, be really, really happy with it, and then ruin, ruin it for and, the and then ruin it for round months. one. Yeah. Clarky, thank you for joining me. Always a pleasure. Community, you know where to find us at Footy Mailbag on Twitter. My name is Damo, and we will talk to you next time. Goodbye.